Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. If you have your Bible, I need you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to take a journey for the next two Sundays. I'm going to do a series, part one and part two. And we're going to talk about working the benefits of stress. Now notice the title because some have already seen the title and they've asked questions and that's the idea to get a title that'll help you, maybe intrigue you to consider what in the world is this guy going to teach us? See, we may look at stress in one way, but I'm totally convinced biblically and via wisdom and via life experience that you can actually work benefits from stress. And we're gonna go on that journey this morning and next Sunday. So again, grab your notes, grab your pen. Let's take a moment if we can. Let's pray over this moment of God's word. Are you ready to pray with me this morning? See, you're the first service crowd. You're the most excited, did you know that? You didn't know that about yourselves? Oh yeah, that's the rumor, it's all over church. Matter of fact, second crowd is always trying to outdo you. But you know what I found? They never do. <laughs> Am I being honest, pastoral staff, those few of us that are left? Yeah. They, you're always outdoing the second crowd. So let's continue that this morning. Even though you're filled with hot dogs and hamburgers, we're still going to have a great time this morning. Amen. Let's pray over this time of God's word. Father, we declare this consistently and honestly. We need you and we need your word. Father, your word, the Bible, is amazing to us. It's the essence of life. It's the one that guides us in life. It's the one that allows us, as we share often, to be able to peek into your mind and know what you think and know how you think and what you would do in, every, in any situation of life. So Father, with that in mind, our hearts are open. We are receptive. We are ready to receive your word. Father, we're not here out of religious habit or it's the thing to do as a Christian on Sunday. No, we, we've, we have taken it to a level that is appropriate level. We're here out of necessity. Out of necessity in need of knowing your mind out of necessity and need knowing your wisdom, out of necessity and need needing to know your heartbeat. So Father, with that, we believe we're gonna learn something today. Teach us, mold us, correct us, guide us, enlighten us. In Jesus' wonderful name. And all that agreed said, amen. I'm hoping that you're at 2 Timothy chapter 3 by now, verse 1. Before we read that verse, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. I want to start out by helping us understand why I want to teach working the benefits of stress. I think we would all agree that life in this earth can be stressful. Would you agree to that? All four of you agree to that? Who else agrees to that? Help, help us all out this morning. Sure. A lot of times it's important for you to to acknowledge that when you're asked because there's people around you right now this morning that may feel on the very edge and feel like they're being pushed over about ready to jump if you will because of the stresses of life 
This life definitely brings us stress. And my goal and, and my hope is that we can learn something, something about how to benefit from those moments of stress so that they don't escalate to a level that we're gonna discuss here in a moment that we don't want stress to escalate to. But you know, I was thinking about this over the years. You know, years ago, I said to my wife, Melissa, I said, you know, I wanna move to Alaska. How many believe Alaska is an amazing place? The great frontier. Where if you were to move to Alaska, the great frontier, how many believe that's pretty picturesque? How many, how many believe that's peaceful? Look at the guy on the canoe, the great scenery of the mountain, snow-capped mountain. How many believe that's awesome? But do you realize that Alaska is the number one state for alcoholism? Alaska is the number one state in suicides. Alaska tops as far as the, one of the highest inflations, cost of living, depression, high rate of depression. You would think something as beautiful and as tranquil of the frontier of Alaska that it wouldn't be, listen now, it wouldn't be so stressful. See, a lot of times we think that if life would just take its quick turn, that it's greener on the other side of what I'm currently experiencing, that my stress will go away. How many with me this morning? Many people leave the lower 48 states, move to Alaska for that peaceful, tranquil life, but not realizing that this frontier of Alaska is one of the most strenuous frontiers that you can live in. The wildlife, the animals themselves, again, the cost of living, the isolation that you feel during the harsh winters that Alaska has, so on and so on. So folks, my goal this morning is that we will, hopefully if we are doing this, that we will quit, that we will quit thinking that it's greener on the other side. I wonder how many marriages here, spouses are contemplating in their minds, well, if I leave this rascal, my current spouse, I will have it greener on the other side. And all married couples said, Ehrt. how many know that's not true? How many know in a lot of ways that's deception? Now, I understand there are some marriages pertaining to some spouses that it is of necessity to leave that marriage. I get that. But folks, if you study it out, most marriages that end divorce don't have to and didn't have to. It's because the lore of it being greener on the other side. People leave jobs, the pressure that they feel in their employment. They leave those jobs looking and searching for a job that's greener on the other side. Then they get that other job that they say is greener on the other side and they find out there's just as much stress there's just as much pressure with that place of employment as the other. How many are following me this morning? Folks, we have to train ourselves. We have to teach ourselves because the Bible is full of the philosophy and the wisdom of God of how to handle stress in this broken world. How many of this earth, this world is broken? Sin has caused it to be broken. Well, because of the brokenness of this earth, of this world, 
we're going to have stress. But don't you think, don't we and shouldn't we believe that God knew that? Don't you think that God has given us the ability and the tools to be able to, though stress comes upon us, greener on the other side, but yet to still continue through the frontier of our lives and the journey and the pilgrimage that we're called of the Lord to have with him, that he gives us the ability and the tools to be able to handle and benefit, as the title is, from the brokenness of this world. How many are with me this morning? And the answer to that is yes. God is so omniscient, he is so smart, and I hate to even use that word because it seems like it just, uh, omniscient's one of the best because all-knowing God is, but he is so intelligent that he has given us the ability and we should have the know-how over life as time ticks, the more we should learn how to handle and literally not just handle. And this is what the Lord challenged me many years ago because being a Westerman, my last name Westerman, see, growing up, stress, anything that would happen in my family, it was, it was the end of the world. How many got family heritage like that? Come on, raise your hand if you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah my mom worried over everything. My dad would think for hours and hours and upon hours and always take something and turn it to this more negative than it really should. So that was implanted in me and God took me on a journey. He said, son, you've got to rethink some stuff. And thank God he did take me on that journey because I don't believe we would be married, Melissa and I, for 30 years. I don't believe we would have the beautiful kids that we have who both serve the Lord in their adult years. So what I'm going to take us on in, in two Sundays is hopefully a journey that the Lord took me on and hopefully you'll go on that same journey with me and hopefully again we'll learn something that God has for us to benefit from stress. Let me give you an idea of stress in people that are sitting around us this morning. How many believe that would be good to learn? And this is how I'm going to do it. If you notice in our church, we have two crosses. And we encourage people, and if you're newer to the, to the church this morning, this may be good for you to know. We encourage people to take post-it notes and post on those crosses their prayer requests. Now what we do as a staff, we collect those and every Tuesday morning as a staff in our staff prayer, we take these post-it notes, we lay them out, and as a staff, we go over these post-it note prayers and we commit to prayer for you. How many believe that's pretty cool? Hey, listen, I, I know some of the staff, they're prayer warriors, every one of them. Amen. But let me give you an idea. I'm not going to use names. There's not even names on here. And let me tell you this. If I speak out your prayer, you need to know we've been praying over it. But let me give you an idea of what people are going through, just the people sitting around you. This one says, pray for my marriage to be strengthened, that we could be respectful and loving towards each other. Here's one that says, I want you to, and this one really gets me, if I get emotional, it's for a reason because some of these, you know, you think you have trouble? How many know what I'm talking about? Until you read the prayer request of others? Oh, come on, help me out this, come on, you're the first service crowd, I need some more noise from you. How many understand that? 
You think that's why it's good for you, listen, that's why it's good for you and I to get to know the people around us because you'll get to talking to people and you're dragging through life what you think is the most serious thing that you can ever go through and then you get to know somebody else sitting next to you and you find out, wow, you're going through what? How many sometimes that puts your situation in perspective? This one here, he says, I want you to help my dad wherever he is and please make sure that he's safe in the handwriting of a child. How many leave to that child? That's one of the most stressful things. His dad just obviously up and left and he don't even know where his dad is. He wants his dad to be safe. It goes on to say, I pray for the people who lost their houses, their families, and their cats during the flood. I mean, that's a child asking, but just a child and cats, not dogs, cats. How many know a child had the right perspective? How many know that recent flooding situations that we've gone through, that was very stressful for a lot of people? Folks, for some of the people in our own church, amen? How about this one, you ready for this? Again, from a child, please get my mom out of jail. How many of you as a child were looking to God for that request? There's not too many children and those of us who were kids had that request on our lips. How many are with me this morning? Everybody say stress. Please pray for my son that he'll no longer be addicted to heroin but that he will be set free. Please pray for my dad, he's in prison. Lord, thank you for all that you've done for me and my daughter. Lord, help me to stop being selfish and start being a better parent and better example to my daughter. Lord, I give you, listen to this one, Lord, I give you my sexual abuse that I experienced and the low self-esteem I have, the abandonment issues that's affecting my marriage. And I ask you to guide me and lead me through that pain. How many believe that's some serious stuff? Amen. Would you do me a favor? Extend your hand for one moment. Father, bless every one of these people. Set them free. Set them on high. Bless them in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Let's go to our notes. Here we go. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Amplified translation. It says, but understand this, that in the last days will come, set in perilous times of great stress. Mark that in your notes. Great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. I say it often, this world, this earth is literally coming apart like a $2 watch because of the oppression, because of the brokenness of sin. This thing is falling apart. But you know what? Again, God knew that all this would happen. God knew in the end of end of times that we would have great perilous times of great stress. But God says, listen, I've given you the tools and the wisdom and the ability to walk through that stuff and come out the other side victorious, come out the other side a better person, come out the other side stronger than you've ever been. Are you with me, first service crowd? Amen? Stronger than you've ever been. A better person than stress was never meant by God to take us out, but to take us up. That's the key. And we want stress to be a stepping stone and no longer a stumbling block. 
And that's the whole idea that we're gonna go on a journey for the next two Sundays. Number one, on your notes, here we go. There is a difference between stress and distress. There is a difference between stress and distress. Look at letter A, stress defined. Any change, now notice what this is saying, and I wrote it this way for a reason. Stress can be any change, both positive and negative. Let me prove it to you. Mentioned a moment ago, job change, employment change. How many literally have sought after and knew that you were to change employment, change jobs, because it was the right move to make? You made that move, God blessed you in that move, God blessed you with that employment, that job that you wanted, totally different maybe from uh, the company you're working for or totally different type of employment, but you wanted it, you prayed for it, you desired it, you knew it was the right thing, you got the job and it was stressful. A lot of times it's stressful because simply it's new. But you desired it, you wanted it, you prayed for it, you believed for it, you got it, and you said, what in the world happened, Lord? See, a lot of times stress isn't just the negative things of life. A lot of times stress comes simply through growth and necessary change. And I've watched believers fall out, if you will, over the necessary positive changes that God needed to take them on to become the person that he already sees them to be. Do you understand God sees you as the finished product this morning? See, some of you get up every morning, you're looking in the mirror and you don't like what you see, you don't like what you've been hearing yourself say, you don't like what you've been seeing yourself doing. But God sees you as the finished product. See, when you look in the mirror, you see the current. God sees the finish. Oh, man, you need to get excited over that. That's how God thinks. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says we are complete in him. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. On and on and on, many verses. See, God is taking you on a journey in your life, not just to pay bills and, you know, live life and, you know, get what you can and just get by and just squeak by and just, oh, I hope I can hold on to the bitter end. That's not life in God's mind. Life in God's mind is take you on a journey teach you things, mold you, allow you to go through something, lead you through something so that I can mold you, craft you because he's the potter, we're the clay so that the end, you're the finished product of whatever I already see, meaning God. And folks, stress is the key to the molding. If anybody here, has anybody here done clay work a pot or whatever that's called, clay making. Don't you have to push on that clay and push on that clay? What is the process I heard to get a lot of the moisture out, the air out, and all that stuff, right? Is that correct? Just to make, am I just making that up, ma'am? She's just like, be quiet, dude. You know what you're talking about. All right, so, anyways, I know, I know for a fact that they push on that clay, they're molding it. Under duress, that clay becomes what it needs to be in order to handle the heat. And the heat from the molding 
to the heat and the heat is what causes it to be what the potter molded it to be. First service crowd. (laughs) But if we don't know how to handle and do what we need to do in those moments of great stress, molding pressure, we'll literally try to escape the heat. I wonder how many here this morning have been running from the oven. God's like, no, 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 no. I did all that work, the potter. I did all that, get in the oven. No, not me. How many with me this morning? We all want to run from the heat. That's because we haven't learned the importance of the heat and that we're in the hands of the master. The heat won't take you out. The heat won't destroy you. Will the heat hurt for a moment? Yep. Is it supposed to? Yep. Pain could be your best friend depending on the pain. Stress defined, any change both positive and negative, letter B, distress defined. It could be something as extreme as death or extreme bad news. See, I understand that there is a difference between stress and distress. I get that. So we got to, as we journey on this, how to work the benefits from stress, there are moments where distress will come to your life. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a totally different teaching, and there's different actions that we are to take. There's, there's different thoughts that God has about that. I'm talking about stress for the next two Sundays. How many are with me? And again, stress, any change, both positive and negative, any change. See, most Christians, most people, human nature, do not like any change. Who moved my toothbrush? Some of you are so set in your ways, amen? Number two, a few thoughts about stress. Letter A, too much or too little of stress can be destructive. Too much or too little. See, stress and too much can become distress. But too little of stress Just like the potter molding the clay, there has to be the right amount of pressure for that clay to be what that clay needs to be. And too little of pressure, stress, the clay cannot become what the potter wants it to be. Letter B, we must learn how to harness the benefits of stress. Harness the benefits of stress. Everybody look at me. I have a soda bottle. Where I come from in the Northeast, this is pop. I have no idea why they call it pop, but I'm so glad it's actually called soda down here because even as a kid growing up in the Northeast, I never knew why they called it pop. But maybe because sometimes when you open the bottle, it goes pop. I have no idea. But how many know soda has the fizz in it? How many like the fizz? I don't know what you call it, but I call it the fizz, right? Isn't that why you drink soda? Nobody here? Help me out this morning. First service crowd. You like the fizz. Of course you're drinking soda for the carbonation and the fizz and woo, get that little bubbly going on and burp afterwards. How many know you gotta have a good burp when you're done, right? But how many know, everybody look at me, this bottle because of the fizz, because of the carbonation, is which soda is supposed to be designed to have is under pressure right now. 
But see, they designed it, listen now, they designed it to have the right amount of pressure. And how many know I can open this right now and we probably still, how many know you typically gingerly open it, right? And you hear the right? But how many know this has the right amount of stress, pressure in it to be what it needs to be to have the taste of what it needs to have. But how many know that when life comes, life likes to shake things up. I'm getting close to you folks. You ain't gonna forget this. How many know when life comes and shakes things up, how many know what this is meant to be is no longer exactly good? And what's the key, listen, what's the key to this getting back to the way it was designed? Do you rapidly just open this up? What do you, well, you should have heard what he said. I told you first service crowds, wild. What do you need to do with this bottle? Slow. See, I knew you first service crowd was sharp, man. You got to slowly what? I'm not going to do that right now. I have one more service to preach. You slowly open this up and it slowly what? Releases it. See, God designed the same thing for you and I. He knows that life's gonna shake you up, shake stuff up, and it's designed, life is designed to have some fizz. Life is designed to have that bubbliness about it. Life is designed, because that's what gives the life that we are to have flavor. That's, that's what gives it the fun that we want to have. It's gotta have some fizz, but life will like to shake it up to make the fizz not exactly what kind of fizz we want. So we've got to learn how to open it up and open it up slowly and allow that bottle, the fizz within that bottle, to get to the level that God wants it to have. How many are with me this morning? That's the tools that we want to kind of learn, hopefully, in the next two Sundays. Here we go. Remember, without stress, this is probably, by the way, the one of the most important sentences in this part one and part two teaching. Literally, it is. This is my goal. This is my ultimate reason for teaching this. Remember, without stress, we will never achieve our goals, nor will we effectively grow. Stress is of necessity for you to become what God's called you to become. Goals. I said it a moment ago, you may set the goal for a new job, a new type of job, or maybe the same type of job, but a different company, whatever, but you set a goal for change, for change, for change. And in that process of of working out the steps necessary for that change, there's stress. But the stress is designed for you to experience that change at the level that God intends for you to have that change. How many set the goal where you decide you're going to lose a few pounds? Don't raise your hand. Y'all look good to me from here. You know what I'm talking about? You set that goal, I'm going to the gym. I'm gonna eat right. How many know stress? How many with me this morning? How many notice when you decide to lose a few pounds and eat 
the way that you know to eat healthily. And all of a sudden, people are inviting you out to TJ's Burgers all the time. I've done that to some staff here recently. How many know I'm talking about? It's like you, you turn around and there's, there's hamburgers and french fries and pizza everywhere. It's, just, it's all around you because you made the decision for change. How many are going to the gym if you're not used to going to a gym, a fitness center, working out? How many know just trying to figure out the machines, if you will, can be what? For, for some of you like to maybe go out walking or jogging early in the morning, getting up and going out and exercising. How many see where I'm going with this? Change is of necessity to fulfill our goals. There's no such thing as a goal set and obtained without stress in between. Did you get that this morning? L- let me, can I be honest? Can I be honest? I'm asking you, it's not rhetorical, I'm asking you a question. Can I be honest? That's why some of us quit setting goals. Not in this church, not definitely first service crowd. You wait till I see what I'm gonna say to the second service crowd, because I know it's them. Let her see. Stress, when handled correctly, look at this, look at this, increases our learning curve. Man, for those of you who are newer to the Lord, let me help you with something. New Christians on a brand new journey with Jesus. God's all about teaching but he's all about us learning. If you get that and you get that settled, your experience, your pilgrimage with the Lord will take on a whole new level. You, you'll, become, you'll become more close, closer to the Lord, more intimate with the Lord than you ever have if you just understand that constant. He's constantly teaching, but he wants us to be constantly learning. Letter D. Mismanaged stress creates destruction. Woo, we saw that with the shaking up of that soda bottle. How many of I opened that up? Some of the folks on the first and second row were gonna have some destruction going on. How many are following me? Number three, two things to develop to benefit from stress. There's two things that I'm learning, I'm still learning, to handle stress. I think it could be Appropriate to say that I handle stress better today than I have yesterday, so to speak. Here's why. My wife said amen, so I'm doing good. Amen. Letter A, versatility. You gotta be versatile. Here's why. Number one, under letter A of versatility is, are you flexible? It's a question mark. Are you flexible? See, some folks are so rigid Everything has to be, like I said a moment ago, who moved my toothbrush? Hey man, it's called life. You should see our bathroom counter sometimes, especially Sunday morning getting ready. How many are with me? Clean up later, get to church now. If you're not flexible, if you're one of those personalities, and I'm I'm talking to some of you who I can relate to. If you're one of those personalities where everything gotta be every duck in a row, you're in for the surprise. I swear, I swear that God, if you're that type of personality, God will take your row of ducks and every once in a while go, (laughs) watch this, boop. I swear God does that. Or maybe he'll just... 
see what they do now. See, because there's no such thing as every duck in a row in, in this world. It's broken. You and I, when we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, were broken. The people around you got stuff. There's no way every duck in a row. And first and foremost, what God will do with the people who are not flexible, the inflexible people, is God going to mess with your ducks to get you to quit thinking like that. You, you, I'm serious. Some of you are not clapping because you're those duck-in-the-row folk. You should see some of your duck-in-the-row faces. It's awesome. I'm having a good time up here, Pastor Cody. This is awesome. Some of you are like, well, I'm about ready to leave. I'm one of those. Laugh at yourself, because it is funny. Number two, are you many-sided? Are you many-sided? See, in life, you gotta have, there's many sides to you. You're a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. You got a social life and you got a financial life. Spirit, soul, body, socially, financially. Those five areas are the key five areas of your life. So you have to be many-sided. So you have to approach life, spirit, soul, body, socially, financially, because if you're just all about spirit and you ain't taking care of your money, you're out of balance. Thought that'd go over well. Or you're all about the fun and the social and you ain't never really taking care of yourself physically. How many know you're out of balance? See, life, you gotta have many sides to it because stress can come if you're not looking at all sides. Are you following me? How many know financial stress is one of the killers of marriages? Raise your hand if you understand that. You gotta be many-sided. Number three, are you creating the ability to change? Wow. That one right there is for the comfy, cozy folk. Most of them will be in second service. That's those that are like, you know what? I don't even care if I have ducks. I don't care if there's a row for the ducks. I don't care. I, I, my wife has revealed what type of personality she has. Imagine her and I for 30 years. I'm the, I'm the duck in, 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 in complete robe, measured. And she's like, I don't even care if we have ducks. Imagine what that's been like for 30 years. <laughs> it has been awesome. It really has. Because I set up the duck, she'd come in and kick him down. But anyways, <laughs> you got to create the ability to change. Why? Because God said so. read throughout all the New Testament, growth, change, not status quo, is ever on the mind of God. Read it. Just, just look up the word grow as a topical study search in the New Testament. You'll be amazed how much scripture portrays to grow, growth, and change. Letter B, your perspective. What is your perspective in life? See, number one, what you see is what you get. How do we know perception is really the truth? Perception, how somebody, how you and I see something going on, to us it's absolute truth. 
But is that really absolute truth? No, but to us, as we perceive our perspective in life, if we're not careful, and this is why we're teaching this, because you gotta be careful of your perspective, because a lot of times what you perceive to be truth is not truth. It's not the way that it is. What you see is what you get. So therefore, we have to change how we see things. How many are following me where I'm going with this? Number two, what view are you taking? What kind of view of life are you taking? Are you taking God's bird eye view? God's bird eye view is an eternal, eternal perspective of life. Matter of fact, if you want to get a good thought on this, Neil Donop taught this past Wednesday a great message about attitude, by the way, but he, he, he touched on this. See, understanding life is not so much about this temporary. How many know this thing's going to end? There's coming a day somebody's preaching your funeral. That's morbid. No, it's not. It's reality. That should be part of your goal setting, not the coffin part, but knowing that your life's coming to an end. It's gonna to come to an end pretty short because this life's pretty short, amen? But we need to be living life completely as much as we can in our perspective with an eternal set mindset. Because if you're all about the temporary, you're in trouble when it comes to stress. You didn't hear what I said. If you're all about this temporary life, what kind of house you got, what kind of car you drive, what kind of clothes you have, what kind of money you got in the bank, kind of, that's all temporary stuff. God wants to bless us in those areas, but it's all temporary. That stuff cometh, that stuff goeth. But if that's your perspective, this temporary natural life, stress will eat you alive. Because a lot of the stress that we have that we go through in life is because of those things. Number three, what kind of eyesight have you developed? What kind of eyesight? perspective. What do you see? How do you see? Look at this. Here's four types of eyesight that you and I have. And there's one that's our goal. Letter A, nearsightedness. Nearsighted. You know what nearsighted is? A perspective. When you have a perspective, a viewpoint, focus, eyesight of nearsightedness about this life, you're all about the right now. It's all about the right now. Woo, I'm in the moment. I love the moment, I live for the moment. Woo, it's all about now. Therefore, if it's all about now, give me the whole bag of Doritos. Because tomorrow don't matter. See, my life, my perspective is I had to learn how to enjoy the nows. My wife's perspective was it's all about the now. She had to learn to start looking to what? The future. Nearsighted. Let her be. Farsighted. That's me. Always tomorrow. Set those goals. Get those ducks lined up. Here we go. Live life. People all around me, God says to enjoy. I can't. I'm focused on tomorrow. You all are bugging me because you're messing up my focus for tomorrow. How many know that's foolish? God gives you people to enjoy today to help you with your tomorrows. So you got nearsighted, you got farsighted. Here's letter C, tunnel vision. What do you think tunnel vision is? They, 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 they so focused on 
Everybody look at me. Self. Not tomorrow, not now, especially not the people around them. It's all about themselves. And again, that's not this crowd, that's second service. So we got nearsighted, we got farsighted, we got tunnel vision. Here's what we want, letter D, 2020. 2020 is what you're after. 2020 means that you've got farsighted, nearsighted. You definitely don't develop tunnel vision because you're seeing all perspectives of life. How many are with me? You with me on that? Everybody say 2020. Turn to your person next to say 2020. All right, here we go. Number four, four types of people. So we can end this. We're gonna show you four types of people. One that you want to be, three you don't. So we talked about versatility. We talked about perspective. With the right versatility, if you're versatile, or if you have the right perspective, the right focus of life, you'll become the very one of these four people that you need to become. That's where we're going with this. Four types of people. Letter A, cop-outs. Cop-outs. Under stress, they cop-out. These people set no goals, make no decisions for God, neither his kingdom nor their spiritual well-being. Doris Day mentality. Kesara, Sarah, whatever will be. I've had Christians say to me, well, whatever God wants me to become spiritually, he'll just make it happen. That, no. It's God and you in cooperation together. B, holdouts. So we got our cop-outs, we got our holdouts. These people have great intentions and beautiful dreams, but they're afraid to respond to challenges. Ooh, if I quit my job, mm, I don't really like my job. I have such a dream for this type of employment or doing this type of career, but man, if I give up over here, Great intentions, beautiful dreams, but they're afraid. Everybody say fear. They're afraid to respond to the challenges because look at this, look at this, because they lack the confidence to overcome difficulties. See, once we settle in our minds this morning that any type of change, especially when we step towards positive change in our lives, it's gonna, of absolute necessity, require difficulty. But folks, why does God say go for it anyways? Why does God say go for what you're dreaming, go for what you're desiring, go for your goals, even though difficulty is inevitable? Why does God say go for it? You know why? He says trust me. Trust me with all those difficulties. I will get you through them. Matter of fact, I will use them to mold you. I want you to go through them because as you go through them, you become the person that I see you already as. How many can see that God works in conjunction with our goal setting? God works in conjunction with our positive change. So we have cop-outs, we have hold-outs, we have letter C, which is dropouts. 
dropouts. These individuals begin to act on their great intentions and begin to define their spiritual goals. But when the going gets tough, what? They quit. That's why we're part of why we're teaching this. We don't want you to quit. For some of you, you have set goals and you, you were not the cop out, you definitely weren't the holdout, but you decided to step out and you dropped out. You set goals and difficulties came with those new challenges, with those changes that you set goal for. Listen, I want you to get back up in life. Get back up, start going after, listen, everybody look at me. Start going after the dreams that you have put on the shelf, that you've held back because you've experienced some sting, some pain along the way. Don't do that no more. Get up and live. Everybody say, get up and live. So we got cop-outs, we got hold-outs, we got drop-outs, and now this is what we want to be. All-outs. Turn to the person next and say, you're an all-out, I can tell you. <laughs> Go ahead, tell them. <laughs> Once all-outs set their goals, at your next blank. Once all-outs set their goals, they never quit. Even when the price gets high and the challenges mount, they're what? They're dedicated. Their can-do attitudes carry them to greatness in God. Mark 4, verse 18, the seed cast in the weeds represents the one who hear the kingdom news but are overwhelmed, overwhelmed, overwhelmed with the worries about all the things they have to what? And all the things they want to what? Stress, strangles what they heard. But God says you can benefit from stress to where it no longer strangles you, but it literally enhances you. Next thought, number five, achievers versus dreamers. That's your next verse. I'm gonna give them to you and we're gonna end. Achievers versus dreamers. Letter A, talents, titles, or resources do not draw the line between doers and dreamers. Did you get that? Talent, whatever talent you have, title, resources, that doesn't draw the line between doers and dreamers. There's some of you, you're saying, if I only had, if I only had, quit saying that. If I only looked this way, if I only had this, man, if I had them, we constantly would teach our kids, Melissa and I, whatever dream you have, quit thinking that once the money's in the bank, then you go after your dreams. We told them this, we taught them this. You go after the dream, then God finances it. That's why you've got to have the vision of the Lord and then provision comes because God's provision, pro-vision. If you, if you go after the vision that God has for you, he's pro that, therefore provision will come. Quit waiting for money to come, find the vision of God for your life, go after it and God will finance it. Lived it, know what I'm talking about. Letter B, attitude is what sets apart achievers from dreamers. Again, get the message that Neil Dunup taught this past Wednesday, powerful message about attitude. Letter C, here we go. Achievers are sold out. Sold out. For whose kingdom? Are you sold out this morning? Turn to the person next to you and say, I know you're sold out. Go ahead, tell them. Come on, tell them. Did you get anything out of it this morning? Sold out. Sold out for the kingdom. 
We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.